Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas and today my guests include Crow Wing County Administrator Tim Houle and Crow Wing County Public Health Supervisor Michelle Moritz. First of all, folks, welcome to Community Focus. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Yeah, I should say welcome back. We uh, had you on um, it seems a long time ago when the pandemic first started, and uh, I've been hearing a lot of people say, well, 2021 is here, and yay, the vaccine is out, and uh, and my caution is always, don't stop doing the things we need to do, because the pandemic is still going on, isn't it? I think that's our message, Ken, is um, hope and patience. Hope, because I think this is the first time in a long time that we have seen some glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel with vaccinations. And holy cow, isn't that overdue for all of us? COVID fatigue. I think we all have COVID fatigue. And certainly those of us who are in the front lines of it, we have COVID fatigue as well. The second thing is patience. Patience, because we can't stop doing what we have been doing. Face masking, social distancing, good hand hygiene. If we stop doing those things, we know what happens. And we're not vaccinated sufficiently enough in the community yet for us to relax those things. And so I am saying it, we're at a hopeful time for a change, and that's welcome. But we still have to be patient and do what we need to do to make sure that we can keep our community up and running. Isn't this about, you know, trying to keep our kids in school, trying to keep our businesses running, trying to keep our community running and be as safe as we can be? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, let's talk about this now. Uh, The vaccines are here. Uh, The state has received some. And so the process begins. And uh, talk to us a little bit, first of all, about uh, there's there's obviously a priority list. Uh, How was that developed? Did did that start at the federal level, the state level? Uh, Share some of your insights on that. Yes. So, At all levels, we are planning for the allocation piece out to our community because the vaccine is in such limited supply. So initially, that did start with CDC giving the recommendations to the nation as well as our state health departments that have then further prioritized within the different groups for public health to target, as well as our hospitals and other partners that will be vaccinating. The initial supply of COVID vaccine um, isn't enough for us to do everyone who needs it. And until there is enough for everyone, it makes sense to distribute this in a way that saves as many lives and puts us on the path for ending this pandemic as quick as possible. Yeah. So uh, talk about the priority list as it stands right now. Well, this is a piece that is still in development um, and we continue to have changes. So we're asking for our community's patience with us as the state is refining it and they do make changes to this list and add people. We're right now in the first priority, 1A. And with that is... um, mostly healthcare providers, and then also residents in long-term care facilities or congregate living settings. Um, It gets into further definition as we go through the priorities of 1A. It's further defined into three more subtypes of priorities. And for the most part, we have been able to offer vaccine to everyone in the first priority of 1A. So that's mostly going to be hospital workers and also um, individuals 
that would be helping us do vaccine clinics, as well as our emergency medical services, like our first responders and um, ambulance personnel, for example. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, the maybe a question would be, why do we need a priority list? It seems to make uh, sense to me, but talk about that a little bit. When we have a limited supply, we work very hard to target the people that are going to need it the most for saving lives and those that are going to be at the most consequence for if they do contract COVID. And so limited assets like this vaccine, it's coming in very small increments to us right now, needing to target in this first phase to make the biggest impact for our community. And we know, Ken, that there are <clears throat> folks out there that are living alone and they haven't seen family in a long time and they're lonely and they're ready for a vaccination. We're getting those calls. And the message I want to send to them is we're coming. Uh, we're going to come as fast as we can come, but the limiting factor right now is vaccine supply, not our capacity to get it into the community. Uh, and so we just need more vaccines, and we will slowly and methodically move through these priority lists to where everybody has access to the vaccine. We certainly are going to have focuses on those with underlying health conditions and those who tend to be more elderly, even you know, after we get done with nursing homes, assisted living, congregate care facilities. We certainly are going to be paying attention to those uh, age groups. That guidance comes to us from the Center for Disease Control as well as from the Minnesota Department of Health. The Center for Disease Control makes the recommendations on prioritizations, and states decide whether or not they want to follow them or modify them. Minnesota mostly follows the CDC recommendations. And so it's basically just a limited supply. As soon as we can get supply, we will move more rapidly through vaccinations in our community. So we know you're out there, uh, and we know you're anxious to get this, we're coming. We're coming as fast as we can. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, uh, you mentioned the uh, that 1A. Talk about the uh, list. Let's go down just a little bit. Who's after 1A? So one after 1A is 1B, and that is an area where they are working to define even more. Mm. Um, we can anticipate um, getting out to high-risk individuals in 1B. But beyond that, um, we haven't had that defined for us. And that is something that CDC and MDH is working to define right now. But at this point, I don't even necessarily have a draft copy that, um, and especially with, with seeing how 1A has changed over time, um, where we thought we were pretty good as far as the draft being completed and, and the framework being um, set in stone. It is not something set in stone, and we have changes to it and groups that are added to it um, as we are waiting for vaccine to get here to us to start being able to give it to the additional groups. So 1B... 1B, we anticipate targeting people that are at higher risk and um, elderly populations, but 
that's yet to be determined. Yeah. Interesting, because I was even listening to the conference yesterday with uh, Jan Malcolm and Chris Erishman from MDH, and uh, they were taking phone calls, and they had someone call that say, I'm a home health nurse, and I work in rural Minnesota, and where do I fall into this? And so I can see where there's uh, different levels of even healthcare workers, isn't there? There is, and that's part of that first priority, 1A, is our home health care providers. And at this point, we have not had enough vaccine to get to them. So what do you know about the the next uh, deliveries of vaccine? And, and share with our listeners how that works, because the state is allotted so much. And how do they determine where it goes at this point? Is, is it a county-by-county county basis or population? Do they look at that or all of the above? All of the above. So initial uh, allocations to us was based off of population in Crow Wing County. And then part of our planning has been to collect numbers of individuals that work in these different work categories and also collect the number of residents that they might be serving um, when it comes time for us to be able to vaccinate those residents. With that initial allocations that came to us, uh, it was based off of that community population. And now it is getting more defined by the numbers that we're providing to the state. The other factor that uh, makes this difficult is vaccine can only be shipped to us in 100 dose allocations. So it's 100, 200 doses, um, even if it makes more sense for 150 doses to be sent to us. So at times we may get less than we need. At times we may de- may get a bit more, and we will be using it as quickly as we can. All right. Uh, tell us about the current status of vaccinations uh, here in Crow Wing County. Have those uh, frontline health care providers at our clinics and hospitals been vaccinated at least once or twice? Uh, bring us up to speed on where we are. Our understanding is that we've had 1,092 individuals in Crow Wing County vaccinated at this point, and that comes from a variety of settings, including our healthcare workers in the hospitals, as well as some of the long-term care facilities, and then those that we completed at public health, the um, ambulance and EMS first responders groups and vaccinators as well. So it's a variety of different settings. People have been offered, um, and we're working to get back now as we get more vaccine to get back to others and give them the opportunity if they turned us down on the first round uh, to be vaccinated. But it's slow with the amount that we have received so far. Um, But we're ready. We're ready to vaccinate people as soon as I have vaccine in. I just need vaccine. Yeah. And Ken, for your listeners, we do have a link on Growing County's website to a vaccine update page that Ah. the Minnesota Department of Health uh, is maintaining. And that will allow folks to go online and see county by county how many immunizations have been made? How is Crow Wing County faring in terms of immunizations compared to other counties throughout the state of Minnesota? So if they want to go to crowwing.us, big banner on our homepage, because uh, we know people are interested in it. So that's a way that folks can continue to stay updated on vaccination progress through the county. Very interesting. Um One of the things, Michelle, that I've heard on the news is uh, the vaccination has gone pretty smoothly at healthcare centers because they have the personnel 
to administer the shots right there in the building. Uh, however, you mentioned vaccination clinics that may come up for the general public, and I hear that may be a stumbling block because those same healthcare uh, folks are busy in the hospitals. Uh, and will we have enough to, um, if you will, uh, put together and staff vaccination clinics? Uh, walk us through some of that, if you will. That's a great question and something that at Public Health we've worked on emergency preparedness plans such as doing this and being able to readily stand up a clinic in the need. And it could be for vaccinations, it could be for something else. Um, it's something that we have practiced and planned for for a number of years. And with that, Staffing has always been number one concern for us. And with that, so we've worked with Minnesota Response, which is a volunteer organization to register individuals in the community, particularly looking for those that are not committed to another healthcare facility because, correct, I can't necessarily pull people from the hospital or the clinic that are going to be needed to take care of individuals that are ill um, to come and help me do a vaccine clinic. So, Minnesota Response, we are continuously looking to recruit volunteers into that program, and we've been communicating with people that direction. But additionally, we have a great partnership with our pharmacy program here, GuidePoint, that has brought in pharmacy students and public health students to also help us with doing vaccinations in the past. And so we're looking at that partnership as well for COVID vaccine. And then also our nursing students and our nursing programs in the area they would also be a great partner for us for staffing these clinics because they can do that under the supervision of another nurse with us. And that was one of the things when I was in nursing school that really drove me to public health was going out and working alongside the public health nurses and seeing these clinics. At that time, it was flu vaccines. Um, others we have done around you know, responding to an illness like measles or hepatitis A um, that we've had outbreaks in the last couple of years here, unfortunately. So it's a great experience for these students and one that I certainly appreciate and probably really helps steer me towards public health. Mm -hmm. And we will also make available, Ken, any of the sort of non-medical resources that may be necessary for crowd control. Um, we know this is a high priority in the community. If we have to take people away from the things that they normally do uh, and ask them to assist with this, we will find volunteers among county employees and we will redirect resources as is necessary to get this into the community. And, and so I would like to give your listeners the assurance that uh, marshalling the resources to get the vaccinations is not really the primary concern for us. It is getting the supply of vaccines here. Um, and as Michelle has said, I've been doing this for 26 years now. I've practiced for mass vaccination clinics at least five times during my career. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was pretty boring uh, at the time that I was doing it. Uh, now, thank God, uh, the, the, you know, I was put through those paces because we do have an understanding of what it takes to get this done. We've been planning for it, preparing for it. Here it is. We're going to execute we need the vaccine. That's the bottom line. And so we need people to be patient with us as that vaccine supply flows to us. Keep doing what we've been doing. Keep masking up, social distancing, washing our hands. That's how we're going to keep our community as safe as possible until we can get the protection that vaccination will provide. 
All right, one last question then. Let's talk about this vaccine pipeline. What do we know? Uh, Have you heard anything about additional distribution to counties? What has been the process um, in the last several weeks here is that the state notifies the local public health departments that there's an allocation coming and how much the county should be expecting. And it seems as if we get, the state gets that information early in the week, and then there's a process of determining how much is going where. And that's based off of all of those things that we talked about with population and actual counts and then it's around thursday friday that the health or the public health departments are finding out how much vaccine they can expect to arrive the next week so right now i haven't been notified of what we're going to be getting possibly next week if we're getting vaccine next week okay and i guess one other bright spot is the fact that we have the pfizer and moderna vaccines now and i hear johnson and johnson is very close so there may be more vaccine in the pipeline. Is that something we can say? Yes. And thankfully, we do have many manufacturers working to provide vaccines. And at times, then that's complicated as well. We need two doses with the vaccine that we currently have and making sure that individuals are getting the same product for the first dose and the second dose and using the correct guidelines for that that vaccine because each one has special specific um, timelines between doses and and so we just want to make sure that people are getting the correct vaccine yes Uh, when we get to the point where the general public will be um, invited to get their vaccination uh, please uh, we offer our help here at jjy to get out the word uh, with all of our stations here at Hubbard Radio, actually, to uh, let folks know uh, how that uh, procedure will take place. Please keep us in mind. In the meantime, thank you for your hard work on this so far. And again, Tim, I guess the last word is just how we started. Continue to mask up social distance and frequent hand washing because it's not gone away yet. Hope, yes. Patience, too. Very good. Folks, thank you so much for being here today to talk about the vaccination and the upcoming clinics. And let's uh, stay uh, vigilant and and be positive. Thanks for helping us out, Ken, get the word out. Um, That's a mutual mutual benefit. We just appreciate the partnership with uh, JJY and your sister stations. Thank you very much. Tim, thank you. Michelle, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Our guests today, uh, Crow Wing County Administrator Tim Houle and Crow Wing County Public Health Supervisor Michelle Moritz. I'm Ken Thomas, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus programs can be found on our website anytime. Just go to 1067wjjy.com, and you can also find them on our free mobile app powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.